you mentioned there that so much leads back to the neuroscience. How can you spot the difference between something that's physical and then also something that's mental? Welcome everyone to the main journey, a way for you to join me on a learning journey through life. My name is Samuel Main, and today we welcome Kelly Dubbin to the show. Welcome, Kelly. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely love it. Kelly, you are a qualified as an advanced holistic health practitioner, a personal training specialist, a yoga instructor, a groove facilitator, a Reiki level two practitioner, an author, a speaker, health and fitness expert, have very popular socials on TikTok and YouTube. And on top of all of this, the founder of Kick It With Kelly, which is a highly successful coaching business to help people find themselves, reach optimal health, reverse autoimmune diseases, and lose weight. Wow. Yep. <laughs> In a nutshell, I suppose. In a nutshell. Yeah, just, just <laughs> briefly. So I am sure that I've still missed a lot in that. But hopefully the audience can grasp at how incredible you are. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you are here. So um, first of all, what triggered your desire to becoming so qualified in health, fitness, and, and so much more? It's funny that I didn't care about being qualified. I was already, I already had a career in emergency health services. So I was doing ambulance dispatch and I was quite sick. I was 21, 20 and 21 at the time. And I had um, a PCOS, which is a female hormonal problem <laughs> issue, big issue, uh, and uh, IBS and panic and anxiety disorder. I had eczema and psoriasis all over my skin and acne, and I was a little bit overweight. And I just kept going to doctors who said, well, we're just going to do half a hysterectomy surgery, and we're going to give you these medications. So not really knowing I went through with it because that's what you do. And then it got worse. And they said, well, now you're depressed and it looks like you might be developing fibromyalgia. And I thought, oh my goodness, stop the bus. And so I booked an appointment with two specialists and I asked them, what is causing this in my body? Like what is making this happen? I didn't really have family history of things. And they said, oh, this is normal. This just happens to some people. And I thought, <laughs> that was not okay. So I started to just learn into how the human body works together. That was my goal for myself to feel better. I thought my career was done. Everyone in my family did emergency services. And the more I learned, the more I realized you can't learn it all in one place. And you have to go somewhere for nutrition, somewhere else for the brain, somewhere else even for the gut, aside from that, and all of these different things. And I just became obsessed and fascinated. Yeah. So I started going to official schooling. And I only wanted the official schooling because I just wanted to trust what I was learning. I didn't feel like the internet was a very reliable source. So <laughs> that led to eight years of uh, post-secondary education in many different areas. I ended up in the UK for some, in California for some, out to a jungle for some, just learning from a shaman and oh my gosh, all of these different. So I was stacking up the credentials just by default. And then one day I was at a talk from the founder of the Leading Holistic Health Institute that I had gone to. And he walked by and he said, oh, you're going to be a holistic health practitioner, are you? And I said, excuse me? <laughs> and he was like, well, you have all the credentials. Isn't that what you're doing? And I said, oh, no, I'm just, I like to learn and I feel really good now after all of this. And then I went home and I thought, you know what? I really like this. So I started to reach out to people. There were about five people that were in my life, in my circle, who had fibromyalgia, MS, type 2 diabetes, and weight loss is always a thing with around everywhere. So I reached out to five different people with five different challenges on purpose, just to yeah. say, you know, I have learned such a variety of info that I know you can't learn in one place and that I'm probably pretty sure your doctor hasn't told you. So would you do an experiment with me? And if I give you things you could do to help this, would you try it? And can we just see if it works? And they all said yes. And I had developed a system over the years that I just pieced together. 
So I took them all through this very randomized <laughs> program that I came up with and it worked across the board. And I thought, okay, well, I might as well quit my job and open a practice. So I did and it's just been successful. Yeah. Such an incredible story. Yeah. Such an incredible story. Also, you said we can't learn everything from YouTube and Google and the keyboard warriors. Come right. on. <laughs> I love it. Was there, so despite going into all of those different aspects of health, was there any that really stood out to you as being the most powerful or almost like the most important? Yes, there was the the mind, the subconscious. That was unbelievable. Every single thing that I learned always led back to that. And so that became another obsession. And I'm still actually learning. I never stop. I'm not doing any university right now, but I'm just learning and taking different courses and learning as much as I can. And the brain is so fascinating. If I could go back, or maybe I will still, <laughs> I would be a neuroscientist. Honestly, it's fascinating. And it's amazing because your subconscious directs your nervous system, which directs your hormonal system, which really runs your body. So all these weight loss things out there and these different things that, you know, diet and exercise and all of that, no one's really touching on the subconscious, which I think is, is just fascinating. And then beyond that, pre and postnatal development. So what happens inside the womb and in your first, first year of life is pretty amazing with how it impacts the rest of life too. Wow. So powerful. Really, mm -hmm. really interesting. So you mentioned there that so much leads back to the neuroscience. How can mm -hmm. you spot the difference between something that's physical and then also something that's mental? I think it's always, there's always a mental aspect, mm -hmm. not necessarily does it start in the mental sphere more often than not, it does. Um, but regardless, there are very simple principles. I wouldn't necessarily say easy, but simple. So you know how you could see a potted plant and there'll be a little card in the soil that has a list of instructions. Humans are much the same. And there are six things only that if those are touched on altogether and they're customized to the individual and balanced to at least 80% in their overall life, their body will self-correct physically. So then we go into the mental aspect because then we've got the physical going and we dive into the mental and it's kind of a holistic approach that way. Wow, love that. So naturally for me, I'm like, what, what are those six? So thinking, subconscious, obviously, the breathing pattern, which governs the nervous system, because the nervous system, it's only have two branches. So on one side, sympathetic fight or flight stress, and on the other side, rest and repair. And that's where weight loss lives as well for everyone that is concerned with that. And so really balancing those out. If your breathing pattern isn't correct, it's like pushing a donkey up a hill to get to your goal. So breathing is next and then movement and then sleeping, nutrition and hydration in the body or the fluid balance in the body. So most people run at like we're not really taught all of this. There's nowhere that teaches us this. So we know about diet and a lot of people know diet. And so they go towards that, but thinking, breathing, moving and sleep that's so important to make diet work. So those are the six. Yeah. Okay. If we had a card in our soil, it would have those on it. Yeah. So interesting. So yeah. when you mention thinking, can you expand on what you mean by specifically that one for me? Mm -hmm. So our subconscious starts forming when we're still in the womb before we're born and we get hormonal impulses from the mother into the fetus that kind of set up how our subconscious begins. And then the brain builds on itself in very specific ways every seven years of our lives until we're in between the ages of 21 and 25. And by 25, the brain is completed growing. And by then it's a computer system that is programmed with ingrained belief systems and patterning that runs subconsciously. So we're not necessarily aware of everything going on in there. And that will drive our choices, our actions, behaviors, thoughts, feelings, emotions, and um, we have over 70,000 thoughts a day and 90 of them are subconscious. And those are the ones that are going to drive the show. So we have to get in there and learn what those are. And they're, so the yeah. mm -hmm. they're determining yeah. most things that you're doing in your day. So you mentioned that up until 25, it's, it's growing, it's changing, and then ultimately it becomes a program. So mm -hmm. 
how can you unlearn this program or how can you reprogram? I'm not sure how you would word that. Yeah, it's it's really just getting, I just say it's almost like being a mechanic and just getting in and pulling things out and plugging them in in other places. But what I do is I assess the person very closely. So I'll speak to them for quite a while, maybe an hour, an hour and a half. And then I will send them a bunch of paperwork to fill out. And that will give me really good ideas on, you know, what have they gone through between the ages of zero to seven? What did their mother go through anyway, before they were born and then zero to seven? And then what happened in their lives from seven to 14 and 14 to 21? And then I, I go to 21, 25, and then I start to trace those back with them. And we talk about it and we see what's kind of going on there. And I, then I learn how they operate based on that. So we could go through the exact same thing in our lives, but we're going to have different perceptions and different ways that we, you know, um, run ourselves after that. And so I have very specific exercises that I use with each person in an individualized way to help to reframe how they think, how they believe, how they choose different things to do. And yeah, so if you, it's kind of interesting, if somebody wanted to lose weight or to reverse an autoimmune disease, et cetera, and you get in there with the brain and you start to rewire their brain and help change their identity the physical stuff changes extraordinarily fast comparatively. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's really, really interesting because it sounds like then it's all personal. And that for this specifically, there isn't necessarily a set framework or a stepping stone. It's it's different for every single individual, which is really okay. unique. There's kind of a there's a structure, but everything is then individualized, yeah. And I've heard a lot of people talk about these different seasons of those seven years and how they change and uh, how you grow, which is, yeah, super interesting upon reflection of my own years, you know, yeah. looking back um, and how it affects, you know, future, future life. So with those six, and again, they are thinking, breathing, movement, sleep, nutrition, hydration. Mm -hmm. How would someone know potentially which one of these or how many of these that they are falling short on? So I have a system wherein whoever I work with gets a package of paperwork to fill out that is extremely comprehensive. So mm -hmm. it's going to cover everything, their past, their present, what they think about the future, how their mind works, how their body's working. And when I get that back, I get two charts that print out. And the first one will show me all of the systems of their body and then the smaller systems within. And then wherever there's a challenge, there will be a dot and it will say if it's high, moderate or low priority. And the second chart shows the areas of their lifestyle. So what they eat, when they eat, their digestive system, detox pathways, stress levels, sleep pattern, and there will be a dot. Yeah. And so I can look at that and correlate it to their challenges in the body. And then I figure out, okay, so this person could be two people with the same things going on physically, but this person needs to work on what they're eating. And this person, it's the stress that's driving everything. And yeah, so that's kind of how I assess each person really cool super unique as well yeah it's, like you say very comprehensive which is great it's what the it's what the health and fitness industry needs you know is that uh that higher level of service that higher standard program which is which is great to see yeah you see any patterns or is there one of these six that sticks out as the most common mistake or one that's lacking I would definitely say the diet piece is probably the biggest because everybody has certain ideas that I think are just widely spread in terms of eat more or eat less, exercise more, <laughs> things like that. Like it's so common that someone's been doing all kinds of diet things in their past and then that feeds right back into the brain. And so those two, the brain and the diet are so interconnected that I think really the diet and it, I have not met a single person, I think in the last few years that has a proper sleeping pattern. <laughs> Nobody wow. sleeps right yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's very rare. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I have my assumptions of why that will be, but can you I expand think, on why most people have such a uh, misaligned sleep pattern? I think it's um, the whole structure of this nine to five business. So the Monday to Friday, nine to five, I speak to so many people, even ones that aren't parents, they might not have children, but 
they're getting home maybe around six and then they have to, you know, they don't have very much time to do much. And so by the time they get self time, it's very late. And so that's usually what's going on. They stay up very late to get time to themselves. And yeah, it's, it's tough with that rigid schedule. I think COVID was an excellent thing to happen for many people. <laughs> so they could be free of that for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I've talked about it a few times in, you know, arguably COVID has been some of the best things that's happened for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to hear because obviously there's the flip side is that it's been challenging for a lot of people, but I think it made people reprioritize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm really intrigued with the sleep aspect. And you mentioned then some self-care and people staying up too late. Um, What would be the first steps for someone to start to improve and prioritize their sleep? I think the basic understanding that your body is going to get all of the physical repair that it needs in between around 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. ballpark, and then from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., mental and emotional repair that the brain, mind, and psyche needs. So those two nervous systems, the fight or flight stress response and the rest repair response, those work at certain times of day in certain ways. So when we get up at 6 a.m., our stress system turns on because it's actually also the wake up system of the body. And so stress isn't necessarily always bad, has a bad rep, but it can be helpful. And so that wakes us up at six, starts to die down around 12, and then around 6 p.m. it's off. And from six to six, again, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., the rest repair and weight loss system goes to town and takes care of us and repairs everything for the next day. And what people are never taught, I haven't seen it anywhere except for the schooling that I did, was that the stress system, that fight or flight system, if we get too much artificial light, and especially from screens, which everywhere, after 6 p.m., your body goes, oh, I guess it's time to wake up. It must not be time to repair. And so it flips that switch when it shouldn't. And then it's harder to get to sleep and your body's not repairing. And so I always tell people to do what you can to just protect yourself. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm very honest and I don't avoid all screens after six. <laughs> there's a TV and there's my computer and the phone and all these things. Right. But I'll try to limit it inside the devices. There is a setting to stop it emitting blue light, which triggers that stress response. There are blue light glasses that are a dime a dozen these days on Amazon. They've got blue light blocking light bulbs and lamps. And so I'll just tell someone to breathe properly for relaxation. So through the nose and into the low belly and to try to protect themselves from that screen light or artificial light in their home after six. And then your body will naturally reset itself to want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Love it. For those that aren't watching the video, I am smiling because it's close to (laughs) to 8 p.m. for me. And obviously I am staring at a screen. Uh, (laughs) That's common practice for me to be putting in those hours at the moment. But yeah, it's something for me to work on. I'm really intrigued. Um, You hear people talk a lot about being a morning person or an evening person. I'm just super intrigued on what are your thoughts on that? Do Do you abide to that? Do you agree with it? Um, I do. I've met, it's really interesting. I've met some people who were, so how do I explain this? Basically what was going on in their, in the womb before they were born, they were actually born as night owls where ever since they were little as babies, they were crying all night and sleeping all day and they just continue that. So nowadays there are midwives who can do this exercise with a newborn baby. It's just a physical easy. It doesn't hurt the baby at all. They just kind of rotate the baby around and it's fascinating. I don't know the intricate scientific details on that, but all of a sudden it switches their circadian rhythm back. So it's really fascinating. And I think for others, sometimes people are night owls because they're too busy during the day. They don't have time to slow down until the evening. And so it's quite enjoyable for them to stay awake. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. I've never, yeah. I've never heard that be related back to um, that early on. So that's super intriguing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's few people that I've met, but I just think it's kind of neat that that's a thing. And then, of course, if you're sleep and wake up hormones, that wake up system and the sleep system are off, 
you're going to get that extra sleep hormone during the morning time, and you're not going to be able to really wake up. But I think that the real pandemic that's going on is adrenal fatigue. So the glands that output stress hormone have just been working way too hard over time. And it's due to our lifestyle. We have that artificial light and screens after six. So your adrenal glands put out more stress hormone, just automatically different things in our lives that are doing this in the modern day. And when you have adrenal fatigue, it's hard to get to sleep at night and it's very hard to wake up in the morning. And that's a lot of people. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The adrenal fatigue and like I refer to that almost the same as like burnout, complete yeah. exhaustion. Yeah. What are the starting steps for someone to change from that burnout and to start making progress? I would say that the key factors of turning on that rest repair system of the body. So a lot of people, they don't realize it, but they're just breathing up into their chest and they mouth breathe mostly rather than through their nose. And you have little things in your nostrils called turbinates that when the oxygen passes over them, they activate that rest repair system of the body. So slowing down and breathing in through your nose and then breathing into the low belly. So a lot of people are just breathing into their chest. I was the worst for that. It took me a while to reprogram it, but when you're breathing up into your chest, your neck and shoulder muscles get triggered every time you take a breath. And those muscles are hardwired into the stress system of the body. So with every breath, they're suppressing the repair system and turning on that stress system. So it's quite easy to reprogram this. It takes about two months of consistent practice. I have post-it notes all over my house that just said breathe. And every time I saw one, I would think, oh, right. And I would breathe in through my nose and into the belly until I forgot. And then in about two months, your nervous system will pick it up again. Love that. Love mm -hmm. that. Great, great start. So with your extensive knowledge on this stuff what are your thoughts on the Wim Hof breathing and the exercises that he goes through and even so the uh the ice the ice therapy I suppose you can call it mm -hmm. I think he's fascinating everything that I've seen of his checks out information wise it's all legit everything that I've seen the freezing cold showers, it's funny because I, I know how that helps to reset the nervous system. It really does help to shock the nervous system. But I like creature comforts and it's next to impossible to do. But I ended up in the jungle, as I said, in between the Dominican and Haiti, learning from shamans and whatnot. And there was no such thing as hot water. And so I thought, well, perfect time to try it. And it's amazing. After maybe the third day, already on the first day, you feel amazing. And the third day, I just felt like superhuman. And the breathing too. He knows, he knows his stuff, and it's pretty good. But you just need some discipline, I guess, to get in a cold shower. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Love mm -hmm. that. It's really cool that you you led with that the um, the research plays mm -hmm. out. It's know. amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to find legitimate info out there these days. It's a lot of it is skewed and. And a lot of people say, oh, well, there's studies, though, that say this. So I would urge anybody, if you're seeing a study, just look at the source who who funded it. Yes, <laughs> I actually seen that whilst I was at university was uh, someone was doing a study on the impact of um, I can't remember the exact company. It was either LucasAid or Gatorade, these uh, electrolyte sports drinks. And the participants were being paid by that company. And it was just, yeah, it, for me, it just voided so many different articles that I've read in the years. So super, super interesting. Um, yeah. I'm really glad that you actually brought back up the shaman and delving into this. I've only had a little bit of exposure to this. Mm -hmm. And also, when you were going through your qualifications, it seems like you got into this quite early. And from the people that I've spoken to, they normally get super qualified and understand all the science and then gradually lead towards understanding energy and working with shamans and chakras and, and so much more. It sounds like that happened for you quite early on. It did very early. I would say that happened even before I started the official schooling. I think I was just learning how the body works and I was researching. I hadn't even gone to official school yet. And I learned about the chakra system and what that is and how it works. And then that led me to unbiased research on it. And then, of course, 
holistic health school teaches you all of it. Mm -hmm. So I actually took a course in university called um, integrative health sciences, which is a fancy way of saying where does westernized allopathic medicine, where does that meet the woohoo stuff as it were, as people say. And it's unbelievably fascinating. And so I started to seek out people that I knew. So the man who funded the Holistic Health Institute I went to, he is a shaman. So he knows both aspects quite well. And I was able to really learn from him and get sources on where I could go to learn a little bit deeper. Um, And I think it's just really sad sometimes how some of the most brilliant teachers, they don't really have credentials because they're shamans in jungles. You know, they just... They don't have official government regulated credentials, but they know amazing things and they yes. can do amazing things. And so I think it's just a really neat layer to have in there involved. So I've gone to see a few in different places and learn some things. And it's it's interesting how whatever they do in whatever strange ways, it always checks out with the, the way that we do things. That's not the medication way, but and I'm not knocking medication. I think there's an excellent place for it. Um, but it's just amazing how they'll do things in ways that people think are all woohoo, but it's just strange to us and it actually works quite well. And so it can be tested and it can be measured now with technology. And so it's pretty amazing. It's mm-hmm. really interesting because it seems you have this perfect combination of mm-hmm. both the science understanding mm-hmm. and, you know, heavily leaned into that, but then also open to the shaman and the chakras and going through that process and that's not very common i don't think it is yeah and i think that's then a credit to what you're doing and how you've been able to help people because you truly are taking this full holistic approach and Mm -hmm. being open to everything which is ultimately then allowing you to find so many cures and find you know so many solutions to people's problems which is really really interesting um when it comes to shamans to uh chakras and going through that process i'm still relatively new to it where would be the first like recommendation to go and learn more i would say just look into the chakra system first Mm -hmm. and there are lots of places you can go everything i've seen online about the chakra system is across the board the same i've never really seen anything that's incorrect about that um based on what i've learned from holistic health and so the chakra system it's very real it's measurable by science and it's different energy centers around the body so our body is vibration and it can be measured and so around every major gland which goes down the body every major gland all the way down the body from the brain to down there it's all they've all got very thick vibration around them Mm -hmm. and they all vibrate at different frequencies that are measurable and so all of it's been shown that things like a tumor, a cancerous tumor will show up in the energy center vibrationally on average two years before it shows up physically in the body. So a basic understanding of the chakra system can help someone huge. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And this ties in quite heavily to the, is it Reiki? Yes. Yeah. I've had one Reiki uh, session whilst I was in um, the States at the start of this year when I'd done a little road trip out there and went to a few business masterminds. And it was it was actually an incredible experience. I've I've got to admit it was. I want to say if I was truly honest, it was awkward at the start. And it was like and I I couldn't contemplate how is this going to help? There was no, there's no physical touch during Reiki. You kind of, for me, I, I led down, shut my eyes and was asked a few questions. But then before I knew it, we were talking about some childhood trauma. We were talking about some challenges. We're talking about these in-depth, you know, really confronting things. And I left that session with a very clear action plan of what to do. And subsequently that has then uh, changed my direction and changed conversations that I've had and made me feel so much better. But it's uh, like I come too from a science background in my my degree. So then my exposure to this has been really, really interesting. But I would recommend to people to explore it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And my whole the reason I'm very much into science is I'm I'm a skeptic. 
Yeah. So when something fascinates me, like the chakra system, I think, okay, well, prove it. Then I'm going to go find proof. And so I learn the science behind it and see where it checks out and can you measure it. And of course, some things I think aren't right there yet in terms of technology, but technology has come a long way. Mm -hmm. And and then I learned about how it ties back to physics. So Newtonian physics is the premise of, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And that came out hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And quantum physics then came out after. And quantum physics is, well, you'll see it when you believe it. And so I started to look into those. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. And who pioneered all of the quantum physics out there? And how does that? And so it's it's quite amazing and and it is strange and it is awkward and it's kind of I had a, a gentleman who was a police officer a very very logical straight mm -hmm. you know gentleman and he came for a Reiki session and for him it was like what in the heck is this <laughs> it's so strange and he has never stopped and it's been years just because wow. he's he now realizes that it's pretty amazing yeah mm -hmm. and I don't know if we really clarify and I might completely butcher this but Reiki is where someone will ultimately read your energy. Mm -hmm. That Would that be the best way to describe it? Yeah, kind of. It's where you can manipulate. So those those that thick energy field around each of the major glands, you yeah. can manipulate the energy inside the body. And so Reiki is about the practitioner manipulating that energy because we have energies that get really stuck and then can cause physical issues. Or if there already is a physical issue, there's their energy that's stuck. And so you learn how to feel it. And anybody can do Reiki, anybody. I got the certification because it's, you know, it's a known thing now, but you can do self Reiki on yourself and you just pay attention to how you feel and where you feel certain things and you, you can manipulate your own energy in the body. But that's, that is basically what it is. I love it. I love it. Hearing you speak so in depth about all of these varying topics it is absolutely no wonder to me why you've been so successful and then being able to help so many people. I'd love to slowly kind of transition into the kick it with Kelly and sure. developing your, your business. So yeah. um, what was, you know, how did you start? What was that journey like for you in starting your business? That was kind of messy to start because I didn't know what to do. I had never been trained in business. I just kind of knew what I was doing with health and wellness. And so I started just getting testimonials from those that I had helped, yeah. like those people that I had helped that I, they didn't pay me. It wasn't a business yet. Um, when I opened my business, I thought, well, I need to meet people. Um, and I wasn't sure. I've never paid a cent in advertising since never, never, since ever, since I first started, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to networking events and COVID hadn't begun at all. It was way before COVID. So there were all these holistic health networking events. So I would go and meet people. And then there were holistic health fairs around. So I would go and get a booth and I would do talks. And I created a talk about the six principles that we talked about. Yeah. And and I started to just educate that way. I got into social media because I thought I really want to help people on a larger scale. Doing the talks was amazing. I always left those talks with clients because they thought, oh my goodness, I need to work with Kelly because she knows more. And so I thought, well, how can I reach more people? And so I am a big believer in manifestation and inspired action. And so I was meditating on it and working on the manifestation. And if you're if you're meditating and trying to manifest, you'll get what's called inspired action, which is just basically an urge to do something. And so one day I got out of the shower and no makeup, messy, wet hair. And I was in a bathrobe and I had the urge to go live on TikTok. And I thought, what the heck? I barely had any followers. Who was I going to talk to? I had no idea what I would say. And I would never go live without makeup and all that jazz. And I thought that's inspired action. So I turned on the live button and I just started talking about things that most people don't know about health, about things that I went through in my life about the different places I've learned what I learned from there and it was so much fun I think I was live for two hours that day as I got ready and had my breakfast and everything just chatting and then the next day I had 50,000 followers and I was booked for six months and it just it was nuts uh, like I just can't explain it was crazy so 
that's how that took off. And then I just kept going and word of mouth is amazing these days. So it's been a lot, a lot of word of mouth, I think over the past couple of years since COVID started. Mm -hmm. So amazing. So, so cool. Um, It's really interesting that the years of education qualifications, that journey and being open, then all of a sudden like came to fruition in in a you know what probably felt like you know one night one day yeah and I think I just don't I don't ever go out there to sell like it's funny I never think about my business as a business I never think about selling the program I just I'm so obsessed with the material that I want to talk about it yeah so I make videos and my hobby is editing YouTube videos and I like to make them funny and mostly because it entertains me when I'm editing (laughs) and then I put it out and it's fun. And I think just that kind of people get that people can feel that. And so they, they feel comfortable and they trust. So Mm -hmm. amazing. So I actually just want to recap a little bit about your journey there, because there's a few takeaways that coincide with how I like to coach uh, people getting started and getting the ball moving. So initially one, you got very experienced, very qualified, and you had everything you needed to be able to start serving and helping people. Mm-hmm. Then you actually went out and got your first kind of five to 10 clients. And these weren't necessarily your perfect clients of just one niche, one specific thing. It was, nope. <laughs> um, which I'm a big fan of. So mm-hmm. we talk a lot about niching down, but I yeah. think that people niche themselves out of business initially. And that, I say that all the time. Yeah. You know, at the start, we need cash flow, we need momentum, and we need experience. Yeah. Uh, people don't get those at the start. So I love that you went and got those first five to 10 clients. And that gave you the cash flow, gave you the experience, gave you the know how to be able to build from there. You got mm-hmm. testimonials, you got the results. You then knew that you had a proven process that you mm-hmm. could replicate. And that came from that experience. And then after that, you intentionally went out to expand your network. And then you looked at how to convert, nurture, and actually then enroll these people into your business. Um, yeah, it kind of turned into its own process. So I, I would go live and then I thought, hey, that that talk I always did, I could make that a, a webinar. And the information is so valuable. I can charge for that. Yep. So I made a link tree attached to my TikTok. And when I went live, anytime someone said, it was always somebody first saying, do you teach classes? Are there, where do I find this info? And I would say, well, yeah, I do. I have a webinar yeah. at the end of the month. It's, it's a paid webinar, but you get to keep all the info and we do practical things during the webinar, like test the breathing and you learn things like that. And then at the webinar, I offer a free transformation session to attendees of the webinar. And so we have the transformation session and by then they, they just really want to enroll at that point. So that's just what I do. And it's it's just crazy because I never really learned that as a structure. I just kind of thought, well, I could do this and I could yeah. add and it works. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's really interesting for, for, for me to hear this because a lot of the coaching I do for most people is to lean into high ticket coaching. And the reason for that is often they don't quite have the audience size to really warrant being able to go into um, the more scalable coaching, which I know that you've now you've got that mixture of both the high ticket and then also the more scalable uh, deliverables, let's say. So a lot of people come to me and they're like, I want to build a membership site. And, you know, the membership site, they're going to sell for $50, $100 a month, whatever it may be. And when I ask them what their audience size is, they're like, oh, I've got 300 people on Instagram. And I'm like, cool, let's remove 10% of those that's family and close friends, 50% of those that followed you 10 years ago and actually aren't really interested. Maybe at best you've got 10% that may be interested in what you're going to sell. 10% at $100 per month you know, it's not looking too good. <laughs> it's <not laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's really interesting to hear, obviously your audience growth grew so quick um, because of the very vulnerable content, I suppose, that you shared. Yeah, and I notice out there, I have a lot of people that ask me because it got quite successful. So it was noticeable from mm-hmm. people and they would yeah. say, how are you doing this? And I just... 
A, I had a little coaching from you back during COVID. And that's where I learned about how I was seriously undervaluing myself at first. And I think I just had this belief of, well, what no one's going to pay that. Why? Because I was too afraid to spend that money, you know? So that's, so then I just thought, no, this is worth everything to someone like this is their life and life is only as good as we feel. And so anyway, that taught me, okay, I can name higher and I can sell high ticket. And I think, I don't even think the audience amount mattered so much, but I wasn't trying to market. And I think that's, that's where the difference is. If you're putting ads out and people go to check, cause that's what I would do. If I saw an intriguing ad, I would go look and see, you know, how many people follow them. And if I saw barely any, I'd think, Oh, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think my biggest, biggest tip for people, if they're trying to do anything with social media is just don't be afraid to go live and to speak instead of, and just show yourself with no makeup and maybe not on a good day. Like maybe talk about her having a rough day and make sure you're relatable. I think a lot of people want to portray their best. And that this was me. I, I learned all the wrong ways before I did the right ways. <laughs> and I would be like, I have to look perfect and seem perfect. And you're not reachable. You're kind of, you're not relatable. And then I always th wanted to talk about things that most people don't know. And I think everybody has things to talk about that most people don't know. Everybody. And you don't need the years and years of school. You've Everyone's learned something cool or has tried something cool that was neat that other people would be like, wow. And I think that's that's pretty amazing. And I think also touching back to don't think about the money that you want to make. What is the feeling that you want to achieve from if you did make that money? So, of course, I wanted a business that was over six figures. I wanted to drive a cool car and all that silly stuff. But it's not about the money in the car. It's about the feeling that will give you. And then if you're going based on that, that will shoot you right through the bad times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's so valuable. I love that you mentioned about that vulnerability and, and ultimately just sharing. Yeah. People um, want to see, we're so inundated with fancy and social media and reality TV and all this stuff. People want to see they're, they're yearning to see something real at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As part of this show is trying to trying to show that, you know, yeah. demonstrating that journey. When you look back, granted, obviously now, you know, you've done amazing to get to where you are in this amazing position. Is there anything you would change or is there anything that in hindsight you'd maybe do different? I wouldn't be so afraid to be my authentic self publicly. Mm -hmm. I would do that right from the start. I would skip that whole part where I was like, no, I have to seem perfect and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would just, that was probably the thing that held me up the most. Yeah. Also, don't be afraid to value yourself. You know, don't be afraid to charge so much because it's worth it. And look at what you're, you're selling because you're not selling the product. You're selling the feeling someone will get when they succeed. And so I think those are the the biggest things. And I just don't stress so much, honestly, because I've had, I've been very successful now since I would say 2022 is when it just, or sorry, 2022 is now, um, <laughs> 2020, right before COVID, right before COVID started is when it blew up. And um, I didn't, I just almost lost my train of thought here. Oh yeah, I've had downtimes in between then and now months where I made maybe a thousand dollars in the whole month or yeah. something. And instead of like, Oh my gosh, it's all ruined. Oh, like you just need to understand that it's going to go like this, you know? So I had a lot of fear and I think that fear caused a lot of resistance. So I wouldn't be so afraid. Just know that there's going to be downtimes. There's going to be uptimes. Mm -hmm. Swings and roundabouts. It's not linear. Yeah. People say, oh, well, it's just like you go from here to here. And it's yeah. like, no, it looked way messier in reality. <laughs> it's, it's the natural flow of seasons mm -hmm. know, going, to, uh, going to happen. I love that you mentioned about valuing yourself, because mm -hmm. I think especially in the health and fitness industry, people undervalue their service yeah. so much. And mm -hmm. from majority of the coaching I've done, there's only a less less than 10 people i say that i haven't had to tell to raise their price because mm -hmm. it raises the value of what they do at the same time 
Um, oh, absolutely. I love and even psychologically, right? When I look at something that is more expensive, our brains as human beings think, oh, better value, <laughs> you know, in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does a day in the life look for, look like for you now? I need to do a new YouTube video of a day in my life. <laughs> I've had that request, but I am very, you actually said one thing to me that I've never forgotten. I think you said it in like 2020, but it was, how are you protecting your energy? Because you can get so, so exhausted and so strung out. You have to preserve your energy and protect your own energy. And so I'm very protective of now my morning routine, how it is now. So I'll get up and I, I don't like to immediately look at social media or anything because now I have a really good understanding of the brain and how the brain works. And you need to have at least an hour before you start looking at your phone and checking emails and whatnot. Um, and so I do breathing. I do breathing, make sure my nervous system is balanced properly and in through the nose and deep belly breathing. And I wait until I'm naturally hungry to eat. I don't rush. Um, caffeine is not the first thing that goes in because that's going to mess your hunger signaling. And so I, I, I have my breakfast when I'm hungry. I do my breathing. I sit somewhere quiet. I eat in a nice atmosphere. And then the workday starts. And so the workday, I don't allow myself. I remember once I was talking to you during our coaching time and I said, I've got eight calls today. And you were like, what? <laughs> That's eight hours on the phone and, yeah. and I'm mental by the end of it. So now I don't allow that. Now I'm like three, maybe four calls in a day. I have structured because you taught me as well about structuring what you're doing. So is there a day that you're doing the check-ins and is there a day that you're doing calls and a day that, and I think that really helps. I always get movement in my day always. So I'll go for a walk usually for an hour at some point in the day. Don't know when, um, if it's a weight training day, I'll do that at some point. I try to follow the hours that are best for my body. So, you know, it's not good to exercise in the late evening. So I'll try to exercise earlier in the day and I just time block things and when it comes to the end of the workday, it's the end of the workday, laptop closes, that's it. I don't allow myself to linger and oh, I'm gonna check email one more time just in case and make healthy dinner and eat in another calming atmosphere. And then the evening routine is very healthy. So I like to meditate, stretch. I do very calming things because I don't want all the artificial light from everything. So, um, and another thing that is so important for health that most people wouldn't realize how important it is, is creative self-expression. And most people, that's the first thing out the window because we need to make money and we need to help our families and take care of our kids and everything. But creative self-expression is so important. So in the evenings, I'll try to do some writing or some editing or some something. If I edit, I'm very careful because it's computer. So my laptop is set to not have the blue light. I've got the glasses on, the light's not on. And so I'll edit or I like to draw and paint and things like that just to keep that creative self-expression up. And then before bed, more meditation, and then I go to sleep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fun, I love yeah. how much you prioritize the energy aspect. It's huge. And that, that's yeah. okay. And it's something I, I have discussed a lot because a lot of the, I call them like solopreneurs that I work alongside, if you're the only person in your business, your business is therefore dependent on your health and your energy. Yeah. So if your energy is down, your health is down, your business is not going to be successful. It is, or yeah. if it is, it's not going to last. It's not going to be sustainable. So I love yeah. that emphasis you've put on energy and ultimately your health, because then you can play this long game. And if we play the game long enough, you win. It's you win. true. It's um, true. And I remember the encouragement of like, why not charge what you're actually worth and work with less people mm -hmm. and just work more in depth with the ones that want to work with you. And it's not about how many clients could I get? It's how can I serve the clients I have in the best way? And I've listened to the calls that I did because I record them when I was doing eight calls a day. Yeah. And I've listened to the ones I do now and it's remarkably different. And then that draws more. Yeah. to you so it's funny it's like the counterintuitive things actually work the best yeah I, I love that I've been uh I think I brought this up before but I've been targeted by some Facebook ads recently and it's like do you want a calendar full of sales calls and I'm like absolutely not yeah. <laughs> like, 
that's the last thing I want. Um, yeah, that was, uh, always makes me laugh. Um, I have a question for you, and this is a question I ask everyone that comes onto the show. And the question is, what advice would your future self give you in this current moment? <gasps> that's good. Hmm. It would be to still not worry. Because I won't lie, sometimes when I do have a down month, I still have a little bit of like, is this going to, what's happening? And then it always flies. It always picks back up. So I would say just stop worrying, keep working on health, because I do have weeks that get busy and I will put aside, like I always tell my clients, make things like your creative self-expression and your meditation a non-negotiable. And then I'll have an influx and so I'll have a very busy week. And then I'll notice I'm meditating for five minutes and then I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not, that's not going to help things. So I think just stick with it and just care about myself still. And don't worry so much. I think just we worry and we stress about things that are not like, we don't know the future. We don't know a minute from now, the brain can only go on the known. And so just allow yourself to, oh, I think actually the biggest thing I actually learned this somewhat recently but I heard a quote where someone said, are you enjoying your current manifestation? So you, everything that you have right now, you want it at some point. And if somebody could go back to a few years ago, me, and so I, I catch myself and I tell my myself, my future self is looking at now, like I put myself in that mindset and somebody told me the business I would have and even the silly little things like the car or whatever, like superficial, but the relationships that I have now, the, the health that I have, I would just cry because it would be like winning the lottery. Yeah. But we're always so much onto the next, onto the next all the time as goal-oriented beings. So I think that's that's definitely the biggest thing I would tell my now self from future. Just sit in this and really enjoy it love that so much value so much value mm -hmm. i want to express my gratitude for you in joining me this has been amazing so much value and i can just again i can just see why you've been so successful and i think i'm excited to see that continue i'm expecting lots of people that are going to be interested in learning more about you learning more about your programs and also you know where where they can follow you all of your socials are going to be down below in the description of this video. But okay. is there somewhere uh, that would be the best place for them to go and learn more about you? Um, I would definitely say YouTube has got the most, I think. That's where you get the most in-depth information. There's a lot, especially the older videos. So I think I started that channel in 2018. There's a lot of videos, but the older ones have incredible value of just all of the knowledge I was learning and sharing and uh, and TikTok as well, Instagram, Instagram, maybe not so much, but YouTube and TikTok, those are the most prominent, I think. Love mm -hmm. it. Love it. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. This has been so much fun and I've, I've taken a lot away from this as well. So I appreciate you being here. I'm so grateful. Anytime I can share anything, I'm just, I'm there. So <laughs> I really appreciate it. It was fun. And, uh, and yeah, I look forward to seeing it later again. <laughs> My name is Samuel Main, and I truly hope that you've got value from today's video. If you have, please do hit like and subscribe down below, and I'll see you in the video tomorrow.